Well, hello, hello. We are back at it. John Skulls here, your host, and joining me, my pal, Alex Luchafero, Sam Fury to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. And uh, there you go. Alex is joining us on phone today. He might be, uh, you know, three miles down the Atlantic on a warship, but he sounds okay. I think the connection is good enough that we're going to get through this sucker. So uh, we'll see what happens. The, uh, the main topic is termination of employment pop quiz. We're going to get to that in just a bit. And uh, we always start off with uh, giving you the phone number so you can grab that phone and call us right now. We'd love to get you on air asking your questions. Everybody has thousands of questions when it comes to their work life. So bring it on. Alex is ready to take on all comers that, and we'll get to our, uh, our pop quiz here in just a bit, Alex, but we always start off with the case of the day, brother. What do you got cooking? Hey, Johnny. Good Monday evening. Thanks very much. I'm here in my uh, underground bunker, ready to answer <laughs> any and all uh, employment law questions. And, and that's what I've been doing all day today, John. Fielded a ton of questions uh, today that are employment law related. Questions about terminations and severance pay, of course, about temporary layoffs. Spoke to someone about a medical leave of absence they were on, uh, John. And listen, that's, that's great. I mean, I always encourage people to contact us, seek out that help seek out that information and the advice that they need to solve their workplace problems. Whether you want to call into the show right now, which of course would be great, we're waiting for your call, or if you want to contact us at the office, listen, however you want to get a hold of us. The important thing here is that if you have questions about your work, if you've been let go from your job, or if you feel like your employer's just not holding up its end of the bargain, you feel like you're being mistreated, like you're being unfairly treated, you need to speak with an employment lawyer as soon as possible. These kinds of conversations cannot wait. Actually, the longer you hold off on dealing with an employment law issue, almost always on the more difficult and the more complicated it gets. And listen, it could literally affect your entire career. And of course, the more information and knowledge you have as an employee, the better off you're going to be, the more protected, the more prepared you're going to be to deal with those workplace issues. So with all that said, let's get started with the case of the day here. I think it's a good opportunity to talk about a matter that came across my desk today, John, and it kind of illustrates what I've just been talking about, because I spoke to a very nice uh, older lady today, uh, John, and she really called me completely confused, completely unsure of her situation. She was stressed out. She was worried. She was quite emotional over the phone. Uh, uh, John, we spoke for about half an hour, and by the end of the call, she was much more reassured. She knew what her options were. She knew what her rights were, and she felt she felt a whole lot better about her situation. So, uh, as I mentioned, spoke to an old, uh, a very nice older lady uh, today, John. She was in her uh, late 60s. She'd been with an employer for just about eight years, uh, and most recently, she was in a supervisory position. So she had worked her way up within the employer enough that she was supervising other employees. She wasn't necessarily management, uh, John, but she had kind of day-to-day supervision of some of the other employees in in the office in in a kind of administrative role. And uh, lo and behold, her employer just last week gave her notice that they would be closing the office uh, at the end of February. So effective, you know, more or less a month from now, her employer was effectively shutting down. And she called me in an absolute panic, as I mentioned, John, she had no idea what to do. This had been kind of the first time in her career that she would be losing a job in this way. She'd gone from kind of job to job, you know, always increasing her pay and increasing her responsibility within the company. And uh, she had, she was really kind of lost, lost for words. And so ultimately, 
what I told her was, well, hold on a sec here. Is the office closing? Because they are an office closing, or a business closing is one thing. Certainly a business that's going bankrupt or is that effectively run out of money is quite different. It's quite another thing. And so she said, no, 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 the business isn't bankrupt. Actually, they're doing quite well. It's, they've just decided to close this particular branch, this particular office. And what I told her in that scenario, John, and as I've told you know, plenty of other people in these kinds of situations, as we've talked about on the show before, is, well, when an office is closed, an employee is still owed severance. It doesn't affect an employee's severance entitlement. Ultimately, that employee is owed the same kind of severance that any other employee is owed in the situation. Her severance is going to be based on her age, position, and years of service. It doesn't matter that they're closing the office. It doesn't matter that that particular business has shut down. If they haven't claimed bankruptcy, they owe these employees severance. Not only this lady, by the way, John, any other employee that's been affected here at that particular location is going to be owed severance based on their age, position, and years of service. Right. In this lady's case, John, again, late 60s, eight years of service in a supervisory role, easily, John, very easily, she's looking at a 10-month severance period, if not perhaps more. At the very least, I think her severance entitlements are 10 months. And hopefully, what that's going to do is hold this very nice lady over until she can find new employment. Um, certainly, an employer can't get away, John, with just providing four or five weeks of notice that the office is closing, which is basically what they're offering her, and try and get away scot-free without paying severance. The moral of the story here is that even in a situation where an employee, uh, where their location is closing, or their office, or their uh, their factory is closing, they're going to be owed severance like any other employee. You don't right. get a discount on severance as an employer just because you've decided to close your business. You owe those employees severance like in any other circumstance. Always good to know, pal. We're going to take a, a short break here, get into our phone call. Chantel, I see you there. You are up next. We are coming right back. Stick around. And we are back. Alex Luchaferro, always your guy. Always your guy. You can reach out uh, outside the show as well. one 821 5900 is how you do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Chantel, thank you so much. What's your question? Yeah, I'm calling on behalf of my husband who was just terminated from his position. He um, has been a volunteer fire chief for probably about 20 years. And in July of 2021, he was hired as the chief. Um, The fire chief is still considered a volunteer position, but does get a small amount of pay every month. Um, He was on... For the last six months, he was on um, a medical leave for PTSD when he was given clearance to go back from his therapist. Instead of getting his job back, he got fired. Um, And they also did not offer him any severance. Yeah, of course, very concerning, uh, Chantal. And there are a couple of issues by the sounds of it uh, here. And so, number one, at a very basic level, if your husband has been let go from his job, listen, however, you know, however small the income, perhaps as a volunteer, fire chief he was making, there's going to be some sort of severance entitlement uh, there yeah. that'll likely be based on his age, position, and years of service. That, quite frankly, Chantal, sounds like uh, the lesser of the two issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second and, and perhaps bigger issue being, you know, listen, if that termination had absolutely anything to do with the fact that he was on a medical leave or that he took a medical leave or, uh, you know, perhaps related to uh, his employer's perception of how he might be returning back to work as a result of his medical leave or his disability, really, if even just 1% of the of the employer's decision to let you let him go was related to his medical leave or a perceived disability or the disability outright 
that is going to be considered discrimination under the Human Rights Code. So the question, of course, becomes, what is the reason uh, that he was let go? What does the employer claim the reason is? Is that truly the reason or not? What mm-hmm. evidence is there is, you know, is there in that respect? Who can prove what here? Of course, you know, having just returned from the medical leave, uh, you know, there seems, you know, where there's smoke, there's often fire in these kinds of situations. And so those dots are very closely connected. It's hard not to think that the medical leave had something, uh, some sort of a role to play here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's obviously concerning, Chantal, and obviously the reason why you're calling in. What I would suggest, of course, if you haven't already, Give us a call. Let's have a chat off air. Let's get into the details here in a confidential and private conversation rather than over the phone. Um, You know, certainly, certainly, certainly your husband should be speaking to an employment lawyer about a matter uh, like this. And it sounds like not only are we talking severance here, but it sounds like there's a major concern about discrimination here, potentially on the basis of disability. It also landed him in the hospital for two days. (laughs) In addition to the stress that something like that causes, yeah. uh, right? And that certainly any employer for, you know, heaven's sakes, if you're listening out there as an employer, letting an employee go on returning from a medical leave of absence, I mean, there has to be some consideration there for the mental and emotional stress that that is going to cause an individual who is just returning from a medical leave of absence, expecting to get back to their job, expecting to get into the swing of things. And lo and behold, they're sat down for a meeting and told their position no longer exists or they've been let go from their job. Surely employers can do better in a situation like that. Chantal, like I said, uh, if you haven't already, give us a call off air. Let's have a chat. Let's have a chat with your husband. Figure out what your options are here, what your best option is moving forward. The good news, if I can, you know, provide a sliver of hope here, the good news is a lot of times these matters are quite easily resolvable, especially, again, you would hope, when there is you know, potentially significant liability and risk here on an employer's part, I would expect that they're going to want to resolve this quite straightforwardly and quite easily. Okay. Yeah, I did fill out one of those um, forms on your website. So. Great. Excellent. Excellent. I, I assure you someone will get back to you uh, imminently. So thanks for that. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chanel. Uh, appreciate that, uh, Chantel. Anyway, um, again, reaching out, you know the uh, the form. I'm going to give the number out there for anybody else listening. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and that's how it works. You got lots of time to give us a call here. Talk to Alex. Getting into this sucker. Termination of employment pop quiz. First question, as you know, Alex. Three main factors considered when determining how much severance someone should be paid. Huge question. Drop the answer on me, pal. Absolutely, John. And you listen, you know this quite well yourself, having done the show for years and years, we often say uh, you can be an employment lawyer yourself, <laughs> uh, John. But but for uh, for those of uh, our listeners that don't know, when we're talking severance, when we're talking about what an employee is owed when they've been let go from their job, there are three main factors that come into play in assessing what an employee's severance entitlements are. And those factors are an employee's age at the time of termination, their years of service with the company, and their position within that company. And the analysis, John, is pretty straightforward. The older an employee is, the longer they've been with the same company, and the more senior or even the more specialized their position is, the more severance these employees are going uh, to get. It's really as simple as that. Those are the three main factors. There isn't any other way to calculate uh, severance. Those are it. And really, that's all you ever need to know about an employee's severance entitlements. It's always considered in the context of those three main factors. Again, an employee's age, position, and years of service. 
Next one is this, a bit of a trick question. How long can a temporary layoff last? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And and it's a trick question, John, only because, I mean, really, before we even start talking about the length of a temporary layoff, it's important for everyone to know that, number one, a temporary layoff isn't necessarily legal. And that's probably very shocking for a lot of employees to hear because they could just they just assume that I guess my employer could temporarily lay me off when business is slow or when there's a downturn in the economy. And no, absolutely not. That's not the case. An employer does not have the inherent right to temporarily lay you off. It has to be a right that you as the employee give up to your employer. You have to agree. You have to consent to a temporary uh, layoff. It's not something that an employer can just impose on you unilaterally. Now, there's two ways, John, that an employee can agree to a temporary layoff that we see. Number one is if you actively and kind of explicitly agree to it in a contract. So if you have an offer letter from an employer, an employment contract that you get when you first start your employment, and there is a paragraph in there that says we, the employer, are allowed to temporarily lay you off, and you sign off on that contract and you agree to those terms of employment, you are agreeing that the employer can lay you off really whenever they want. Uh, That's an explicit way of agreeing to a temporary layoff. You can also agree to a temporary layoff implicitly. And so if you allow the employer to temporarily lay you off, you just accept the layoff when it happens. Well, the dangerous thing about doing that is that now time and time again, if you accept it once, effectively you're accepting it the second time and the third time and the fourth time. By accepting it that first time, you're now allowing that to become an implied term of your employment. I would caution all employees out there. Final point on this particular issue. I know we want to rapid fire through through this quiz, John. The last point on the issue of temporary layoffs. I would caution employees from agreeing to temporary layoff provisions, whether that's actually in an in an, in a contract, right? If you mm-hmm. get an offer letter that has it in a contract, try and negotiate it out. Try and cross it out and say, no, I can't agree to this employer. Uh, or alternatively, if you're being temporarily laid off and you don't have a contract of employment or your contract of employment doesn't say anything about temporary layoffs, don't accept it. You don't want to hand over it, right? It's a massively powerful tool that an employer can use to temporarily lay you off because, and to ultimately answer the question, uh, uh, John, after a few minutes here, <laughs> at the end of the day, an employer can lay you off for potentially as long as eight months. Eight that's months, right. John, that's a ridiculous amount of time. You don't want to hand an employer that power, whether it's in a contract or otherwise. If you've been temporarily laid off, it's far, far better to treat it as a termination. Give us Big a call, time. speak to an employment lawyer and get yourself some severance and get moving on with new employment, better employment. Slide over and get a call. Lawrence, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Beauty, what's How your you question, bro? Well, Good, I, uh, I work for a construction company. Um, I'm one of uh, half a dozen sales guys. Um, and we basically sell contracts for uh, installation. We work in the industrial commercial sector, so large projects sometimes on running for months, if not years. Um, We get paid upon completion of the project. Um, Some of us are on uh, salary plus commission. Some are on straight commission. Um, And we've had a phenomenon lately um, where uh, labor markets have been so tight that we are scrambling and jobs are actually, uh, for the first time ever, losing money. And the company has decided that um, we always get paid on total commission as calculated by the company. They kind of have a bit of an open book and tell us, 
But now what they're doing is if a job really tanks and loses money, they're actually coming back and clawing back commissions on other jobs. Mm-hmm. And the language in the contracts is there's no language regarding this other than that the employer determines the, the value. But um, they calculate it on a month-to-month ongoing basis. So if I had a job that tanked and a job that made money, I can net nothing for the month. And we're just kind of wondering whether that's got any like basis in reality. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Lawrence, and a very, very sticky situation by the sounds of it. I would say my initial impression here is that this sounds like a very slippery slope, and it sounds like a change uh, in company uh, policy. And listen, I get it. I guess the market was good enough that it was never an issue previously. But if your employer is now trying to recalculate commissions that are uh, owed, that can be, and I mean, similar to the temporary layoff discussion we were just having, that can be a significant change to the terms of your employment that either you're going to implicitly accept if you just move forward and kind of accept the status quo, or alternatively, that you can say no to and say, hey, hold on a sec, I'm not agreeing to these kind of new terms in calculating commissions kind of negatively. Uh, we need to start this conversation on, uh, over and you know, figure out how we're going to move forward here because this is now negatively affecting my compensation. You can treat that potentially as a constructive dismissal, meaning it's a change, a significant change to the terms of your employment that you, Lawrence, have the right to say no to. So that's where I would start here, which is bringing to your employer's attention the fact that you've recognized this is a shift, this is a change, and that you do not agree to it. That's starting point number one. The second question, of course, is, well, what's the solution here? And that potentially gets a little more complicated. Uh, you know, if there is a workable solution moving forward that works for you and works for the employer, I'd say great. If there isn't, it might be worth, Lawrence. And if you're starting to see the writing on the wall in this particular industry or with this particular employer, it may be best to, again, treat the change as a constructive dismissal, perhaps agree to some sort of severance package, some sort of exit package, and get you moving on your way, rather than, again, similar to the temporary layoff conversation, rather than, again, accepting the status quo, accepting the change, uh, and continuing on, and then having to struggle through that change in compensation. That's what I would suggest as as a kind of way of thinking and a way of operating here moving forward, Lawrence. And again, the devil's always in the details, so what I would suggest is give us a call off air, Let's have a chat about strategy here before you tell your employer anything, right? I'd encourage you, let's have a chat as quickly as possible. Make sure that you say exactly what you're supposed to say. And hopefully, hopefully there's a resolution here that can be had. It's easy enough to deal with one as it is a half dozen of us. We've been been discussing this for six months with the employer to know know resolution kind of thing. So. Yeah, and that in and of itself might be a bit of a problem in that if this change happened a while ago, you may have already implicitly accepted that change. But uh, listen, I don't think it makes it any easier or more difficult. I mean, practically speaking, it might be more difficult for an employer. It might, you know, it might create some leverage and add some pressure onto an employer. If there's a group of employees dealing with the exact same situation. They don't want to lose all of these employees at once. That would obviously negatively affect the business. So that might actually uh, increase your bargaining power. It, all, it also is the case, Lawrence, keep in mind, listen, everybody's situation is different, right? And when, we're, when it, especially it comes to severance, everybody's severance entitlements, and therefore their potential bargaining power is going to be different. 
based on their age, position, and years of service, keep in mind. And yeah. so, you know, while the fact scenario is the same for everyone, what they might be owed and what leverage they have as a result might be different depending on those factors. Okay. Thanks, well, thank Lawrence. You very much. We'll, yeah, you we'll bet. Discuss and go forward. Thank you. Beauty. And here's the uh, the number when you decide to do what you're going to do, pal, uh, for all of you. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca to further that conversation with Alex through email. Let's get to one more of these. Termination of employment pop quiz. We talked about, uh, you know, what, what basically makes up the three factors of severance. So other than age and position, years of service, are there other factors that might impact that severance amount? Yeah, interesting. And, and you know, actually, uh, John, our, our conversation with Lawrence now kind of uh, just brings one up immediately mm-hmm. to mind, which is really the job market at the time that an employee is let go. So as Lawrence was explaining, you know, the market uh, that he was working in has kind of taken a bit of a turn for the worse and it's affecting his commission. Well, I expect it would also be affecting the job market in that particular industry right now. And our courts have previously said, John, this is not me just kind of coming up with this, uh, you know, uh, off the top of my mind. Our courts have said repeatedly, both with respect to, for example, COVID-19, also with respect to the previous recession going back to the housing market crash in uh, 2008 and 2009, uh, that uh, the job market at the time that the employee is let go and this kind of a state of the economy more generally at the time that an employee is let go can potentially affect an employee's severance entitlements. An employee might actually be owed more severance if the job market is depressed at the time that they're let go. And so, for example, Lawrence, if he's ever let go or if he's constructively dismissed and his job market, given his particular skill set and experience, et cetera, is absolutely terrible, that is going to speak to a greater severance period. And so in addition to his age, position, years of service, we're looking at his employability or his lack of employability in that case as a negatively affecting uh, the job search is his again his employability and therefore increasing and extending his severance entitlements. It's another factor that's actually crucial, important when assessing an employee severance entitlements. Another good show. Appreciate your calls there quickly coming in today. Good way to kick off the week, guys. And you want to reach out now to Alex and his team. Always encouraged to do so. Just make that phone call, send that email. How do you do it? 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, which can help you immensely as well. It's free. It's anonymous. You'll have access to that severance calculator, which talks about what we've been talking about just moments ago. And that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the Employment Law Show 